Thank you, God, for the privilege to be in this sacred place today to do business for the Lord. Thank you that your word is sharp, powerful, quick, living. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would touch us in this preaching event so that people will leave this building instructed in righteousness, encouraged in the Spirit, and challenged in faith. Move upon us, O God, and help us to pursue the promise of God and to go after those things that are of God. Anoint your servant today, O Lord, for I stand before you humble, and I stand before you with a grateful heart, and I need your touch today. Give me the clarity, and give me, O Lord, the recall and the memory to give to these people the things that you've given to me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And amen. How many of you know that all of the promises of God are yea and amen? How many of you know that the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, but He is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance? In Hebrews 11, the Bible talks about Abraham and uh, Sarah who pursued the promise that according to the promise they left and went to a land where they did not know according to the promise. The Bible said we according to his promise do look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. God has a promise just for about every situation and every event that occurs in our life. For the church we know that he has promised, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. We know that he has promised us that when I get back to the Father, I will pray the Father, and the Father will send you another comforter, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seest him not, neither knowest him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and he shall be in you. The promises of God are yea and amen. The greatest promise of them all is if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart, you shall be saved. Great promise, great promise that all manner of sin and unrighteousness can be cleansed at the altar of praise and worship to the Lord Jesus. If we confess with our mouth, believe in our heart, we shall be saved. And then that colossal promise, if I go away into heaven, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. For in my Father's house are many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself. The promises of God are yea and amen. Someone said, I'd rather be standing on the promises than sitting on the premises. Standing on the promises is standing upon faith to believe that God will do what he says he will do. Paul took that same kind of spirit when he was looking back at the history 
of Israel and the history of Judaism and how God had provided for them. And uh, his intention was, in speaking to the Corinthian church, was to tell them what God did for the ancients, He will do for us now. And then 2,000 years later, I'm standing here in a pulpit reading from a 2,000-year-old book saying that what God did 2,000 years ago, He will do today. For God does not age and God does not grow old. He doesn't sleep and He doesn't slumber and He never tires. He is Almighty God and in Him there is no shadow of turning and there's no variance. In the eternal God there is the promise that He will not change that He will not be another God, another kind of God. Because He is a saving God, He said, you can trust that I will not change. That the things that I have established as salvific and our deliverance of those things, He said, I will not change. I am the Lord and I do not change about my promises, about faith, about things that I have committed to you to keep. And he says to all of us this morning that he is a God who can do today, yesterday, today, and forever. He will not change. He will always be a prayer-hearing, prayer-answering, sin-saving, spirit-filling God. And he will always be that kind of God, and he will not change. He will not change. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 through 11, the Apostle Paul writes in the Corinthian materials, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant, how that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Under the cloud and passed through. Under the cloud and passed through. Here, Paul is drawing from a rhetorical construct when he talks about, I would not that ye should be ignorant. There are at least 15 times in the Corinthian letters where Paul uses those same kind of constructions, those same kind of words to say, I would not have you be ignorant concerning Satan's devices. I would not have you to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. I would not have you to be ignorant concerning the sleeping saints. I would not have you to be ignorant concerning the power of the gospel. He uses that over and over again. Uh, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those that are asleep in Jesus. For though they be thought dead, yet they are alive. Amen. So that, that one kind of literary device that he uses, uh, another one is, did you not know? Did you not know that Jesus rose from the dead? Did you not know that his blood cleanses from all sin? Did you not know that his promise is that he's coming again? And he uses these, these verbal uh, devices to help us understand an overall message that he's sending. Now, Corinthians goes from one end of the spectrum to the other. Everything from a, a member in the church that needed correction, for was committing fornication, to all the way to people that had preacher religion. And one said, I'm of Paul. And another said, I'm of Apollos. One said, I'm of Peter. And one said, I'm not of any of them. I'm just of Jesus. Amen. And, and Paul said, who is Paul? Who is Apollos? Who is uh, Peter? 
All of these, he said, are nothing. Nothing. I that am speaking to you am nothing, he said. So 2,000 years later, I stand in this pulpit and say to you, I am nothing. He is everything. And the more nothing I become, the more he becomes everything. I must decrease. He must increase. Once you get that pattern going, more of him and less of me, once you get that attitude at work in your life, you'll find a realm of spirituality and religiosity that you've never known before. Once you know him in the greatness of his power, the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe. That's the power of God. That's the power, the promise of his power. He has said to every one of us, my power will keep you. You will be kept by my power, sustained by my power, brought through by my power, baptized in my power, praying in my power, preaching in my power, singing in my power, worshiping in my power. Oh, it'll be a great day when the church learns that we do best when we operate in the power of the Holy Spirit because it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Come on and give God some real good praise. Four thousand years ago, he reminded them, God that brought the children of Israel out of Egypt will bring you out. God that caused that rock to travel with them and give them water four thousand years ago, he'll give you living water today. That same God that provided manna for them in the wilderness, he'll provide spiritual food for you today because he does the same thing he's not a God that changes. He stays the same. And he keeps on giving. And he keeps on blessing. And he keeps on forgiving. He's merciful. He is honest. He is loving. He is kind. He is compassionate. And he's powerful. Powerful to keep you and sustain you in any situation you find yourself. Blessed be his name. Our fathers were under that cloud. You see, there was a time when all of us were under a cloud. You know what it's called? The human condition. You know what the human condition is? Lost. Lost in depravity. Depravity means we're depraved, of course. It means we have no means of lifting ourselves. We're the true fallen and can't get up. We're the true rendition of, of that little slogan, fallen and can't get up. Every one of us experienced the fall. When we fell, God said you can't stay any longer. And we lost fellowship with God, lost relationship with God, and then became a stranger, a stranger. And even the Roman letter said, if when ye were enemies... If when you were estranged, alienated, if when you were lost in darkness, when you were lost without fellowship, the Bible said having no hope and without God in this world. 
Boy, what a condition. What a cloud over us that every one of us, every voice of Adam's race, every man, woman, boy, girl, born with a cloud over you, and that was lost and without God, but God. I love it when God does that, but God, who is rich. God who is rich, rich in mercy, wherewith he saved us, even while we were dead in trespasses and in sin. Amongst whom also we all had our conversation in the lust of our flesh, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others, but God. You see, salvation is God's idea. Grace is God's idea. God is the one who initiates grace for every one of us. It's God's idea. Saving someone, bringing them out of the chains of bondage of sin, that's God's idea. It's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. If just one soul misses heaven, you will miss heaven out of the will of God. If just one person were to be lost and miss an opportunity, if just one, you would do that out of the will of God. Because God is doing everything he can do short of taking away your will and he's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. He's always going to give you a choice. And by faith, if you can make that choice and pursue the promises of God, the promise that I will be a father unto you, you will be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord. I will provide for you. I will lead you. I will guide you. I will direct you. I will feed you. I will water you. I will protect you. If you're willing to accept the promise and say the promise is unto me, to my children, to my children's children, to them that are afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. If you can accept that the promise is for you, then there are bountiful blessings and bountiful riches and mercies and graces that are available for you by faith to lay hold upon eternal life. Lay hold upon eternal life. Claim the promise. Stake your claim. Identify as a child of God. When you identify as a child of God, you're enlisting in the Lord's army. When you identify as a child of God, you're in right relationship with him. And God so loves his people, he says, they are the apple of my eye. God said, I love them with an everlasting love. God said, I have made provision for them that no evil shall come near their dwelling." I have prepared armor for them to wear that they can go into any battle safe and secure that they are free from all harm. I've provided for them that every time they get sick, there are stripes that were placed upon my back 
that come into order and come into the blessing house and ministers healing and deliverance and salvation. Wow, when you enlist with God and you put your whole future in the hands of God, then all the promises that are yea and amen are for you. Every promise in the book is yours. Every promise in the word is yours. And Paul is saying these that were under the cloud and passed through. What does it mean to pass through the sea? It means to pass through that punishment of eternal death and destruction. Jesus has eternal life. And he promised you will live for, with me forever. He promised if you get in right relationship with God, you'll never, ever die again. Because he has defeated death and hell and the grave. And the Bible said our final enemy was what? Last thing cast into that fire, death. The final en enemy is death. And what Jesus did on that glorious Easter morning when he conquered death and hell and the grave, when he rose from the dead and the stone was rolled away, he promised, because I live, ye shall live also. I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live again. What a promise. What a promise that you'll never, ever die again. Hallelujah. Pursuing the promises. Pass through the sea. All pass through the way of the cross and are resurrected to walk in newness of life. Romans 8 and 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Hallelujah. Number two, the Bible said, verse two, we are all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Romans 6 and 4, therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. You see, God will always lead. God will always guide. One of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is He will lead you and guide you into all the truth. God has always provided leadership for His people. And the Bible said these, these people, after they were delivered, after they escaped the tyranny of the cloud and after they passed through the sea and, and the sea didn't hurt them and they crossed on dry ground and the sea destroyed all of their enemies, Pharaoh and all of his army, after having passed through according to his promise, praise God, they were brought into a relationship when God said, I need to tell you how to live. Let me show you how to live. He took Moses up on a mount called Sinai, and he gave him ten, ten commandments. This is the way I want you to live. This is how 
people who are pursuing the promise live. This is the way people who identify with God, this is the way they live. They don't steal. They're not thieves. They don't lie. They're not liars. They don't bear false witness. They're not hypocrites. Come on, somebody. You see, after God saves you, he expects you to live a certain kind of life. After he brings you through the flood and brings you out from under the cloud, just because you're free from the cloud and free from the sea, that doesn't mean that you have license to do any way you want to do. There will never be a time when God's people are free to do anything they want to do. There will always be a will of God for your life. There will always be a path that God wants you to walk. There will always be a purpose that God has for you. Do you remember when Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, right off the bat, the Bible said God was speaking to Jeremiah, and he said, before your mother ever bore you, before you were ever conceived in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were ever conceived. In, in fact, he said, when thou watched just substance, before you ever took the form or the embryo, Wow, boy, that's, that is really thought-provoking, isn't it? That before you ever were you, I knew you. And listen to this. God said, I had a purpose for you. And the purpose is, I ordained you to be a prophet. When he came to Abraham, he said, Abraham, I've always known you. That's because God inhabits eternity. Time means nothing to God. In fact, the Scripture said, he said that a day is a thousand years with the Lord. In other words, our time is not his time. Our calculations are not his calculations. Our estimations and opinions are not his estimations and opinions. He, his ways are so far above our ways as far as the heaven is above the earth. He, hallelujah, has always been and he always will be. There has never been a time when he wasn't God. There will never be a time when he's not in control of the universe. Every morning, the Bible said he rolls out the heavens. Everything on earth operates with his permission. Hallelujah. All the waves of the oceans of the world beat upon the beaches by permission from God. The clouds come through the sky by the permission of God. Birds sing by the permission of God. All of nature recognizes God as the one who is in control. He's not lost any of that power. He's still in charge today of everything. In fact, all things consist by the word of his mouth. What a promise. What a promise. Every time he gives you... Uh, a challenge, he gives you a promise. Moses balked and said, Lord, I can't talk. And the Lord said to him, he said, well, I'll send Aaron with you. He talks pretty good. I need you to go down there and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. 
And if you go down there and do what I told you to do, I'll take care of everything else. Don't worry. Well, what, what am I going to tell him sent me? You tell him I am that I am sent me. Well, how can I show them? Here's your rod. Throw it down. It became a serpent. He said, pick it up. It became, he said, the magicians can't out magician you. God said, I'll see to it. I promise you. There will not some evil spirit or some evil concoction or some weapon ever outdo you or confound you. I will be with you. I will stand by you. Hallelujah. God saying to him, why? I gave you a challenge. Here's the promise. When God said to the church, go into all the world and preach the gospel, he said, that's the challenge. Hallelujah. That's the great commission. And because he gave us a challenge, he gave us a promise. I'm going to pray the Father, and the Father's going to send you a comforter, and he's going to anoint you to do the great commission. He's going to stand by you. He's going to strengthen you. That comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father shall send in my name when he has come. Glory to God. What a powerful promise we have. And that promise was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one mind in one accord. And suddenly, suddenly, I ask you many times over the years, have you ever had a suddenly? I said, have you ever had a suddenly? The Bible said, he said, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, springing up inside you. Hey, I ask you a lot of times, have you ever had a spring up? He promised a spring up. Hallelujah. If you've never had one, you're not taking advantage of the promises. He promised you out of your innermost being there will be an artesian well that will push from way down and something will come out your mouth. It's called praise. It's called exaltation. It's called worship. Brother, when that artesian well starts swelling and that living water starts pushing its way out, suddenly your antennas go up in the air and you start saying things like praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Bless your name. What's going on, Pastor? A spring up's in full view. You can have a spring up in an emergency room in a hospital. You can have a spring up in the office. You can have a spring up driving your car down the, down the highway. Praise God. If we walk in the Spirit and we live in the Spirit, and we pray in the Spirit, and we preach in the Spirit, then we should expect spring-ups to happen in our lives. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were one mind, one accord, and suddenly there came a sound. Where was it from? It was a sound from heaven. What did it sound like? <sighs> Sounded like a Russian Mighty wind. And the Bible said, and there were cloven tongues like as a fire that sat upon each of them. 
And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. God said, I've given you a challenge. Go preach. And here's the promise. My power, my spirit, my anointing will go with you. Don't ever go into the harvest until you've been to the upper room. Tarry until you be endued with power from on high. The church needs to pursue that promise in these times we're living in. Nothing else will take the place of the anointing of God. The anointing makes the difference. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, come on and worship the Lord. I feel a spirit of worship in this place. I feel the Lordship of Jesus in this place. I sense the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. Do what you do, God. Have your way, O oh Lord Jesus, this morning and do what you do. Do what you do, O oh Holy Ghost. Praise your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Spirit of the living God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, folks, worship the Lord this morning. God's going to do something for somebody here this morning. Somebody that needs a touch is going to get a touch here this morning. Somebody that needed an answer is going to get an answer here this morning. Somebody that needed a healing is going to get a healing here this morning. Somebody that needed God to give direction, you're going to get direction this morning. Praise his name because he promised, I'll be in your midst. And God, I feel you right here keeping your promise. I feel you keeping your promise. Come on, Olivia, real quickly. Stand to your feet all over this house. Mm. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you could, for just these few moments, dismiss everything else from your mind and just get your mind on one thing, and that is God and His promise. God and His promise. Dismiss everything else and just... Put your mind on God right now. Just put your mind on God. Hallelujah. See yourself in the presence of God. Not your brother, not your sister, but you. You. Right in the presence of God. Now, out of the bottom of your heart, I want you to ask God what you need Him to do for you. God, I need you to touch my body this morning. God, I need you to help me, Lord, in my finances this morning. God, I need a touch. Lord, I need you to help me with my family. 
God, I need you to touch me and help me, Lord, with my job. Lord, I need you. I need you to do something for my wife, something for my husband, something for my child. I need you, oh Lord, to reach out and convict my children of their sins so they'd come to an altar and get saved. I need you to do something for me this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For I am not a God who cannot be touched by the feeling of your infirmities. But I am here today because I am touched. I've heard your prayers. I've seen your worship. Your worship has come up before me as a sweet savor. I am here today to do for you whatever you believe and whatever you ask for. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it will be open to you. For in the day that you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me, saith the Lord. Bless your name, Jesus. Lift your hands and praise him and thank him this morning for his presence. His spirit in this place. Thank you, God. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. I've been, for the last few Sundays, preaching about revival and about a stir. I know that there is no other answer for harvest. The only way we can exist is to have revival. The only way that we can make it, we're so dependent upon God and Sometimes I thank God that it's that way. I don't want to become self-sufficient in ourselves. I want us to keep depending upon God. I said I want us to keep on depending on God. I want us to keep on walking close to God. I want us to keep on depending upon Him to supply our needs. Wow, I'm trying to find a stopping place, but I just can't find it yet. God's, God's wanting to do something with somebody, somebody in this house today. God bless your heart. Hallelujah. name Jesus is everybody in this house ready for the Lord Jesus to come can you say that beyond any shadow of doubt if the trumpet were to sound right now I'm ready to go when everything's fine with me and God can I see your hand
I'm ready to go right now, Pastor. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God, I thank you for your power and your presence in this house today. Thank you for anointing me, giving me liberty. I thank you, Lord, for your word that has gone forth. I now, oh God, put all things in your hands. This message, your presence, your spirit, our hearts and our minds. All of that, oh Lord, is yours right now. And you do with it whatever you want to do. I pray, God, that you would go with these people to their homes and their families. That you would touch people, oh Lord, as they live out their faith this week. And I pray that people who don't know you will observe Jesus in the hearts and lives of people in this house. And will inquire and say, what makes the difference for you, my brother? And you would say to them, I've got Jesus in my life and it makes all the difference in the world. Lord, would you save people as a result of our service this morning? Would you touch neighbors and friends as a result of this service this morning? God, don't ever let us get to the place that we don't need you and we don't need your power, need your spirit. Lord, we're needy and we need you. We need you. Apart from you, we can do nothing. I bless your name. I bless your name. Lord, please let me let these people go. I'm trying my best. go with us to our homes, O oh Lord, and our families, and dismiss us from this place, but not your presence, and not your care. In the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, our Savior, our Lord, our Deliverer, amen and amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. God go with you. Have the greatest week you've ever had.